BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle food, and friends, talking about life sides and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have a filter conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Frickle food, and friends. Megan, thank you so much for coming back on the show and for coming into my bedroom recording Listen, studio. I love coming into your bedroom. <laughs> I love that we're in New York together. And I love the first time that we spoke was over Zoom. I know. Pandemic, or yes. beginning of pandemic. Yeah, beginning of pandemic. I also, you're the first in-person in recording I'm doing <gasps> In a while. I feel honored. So you were my first virtual. I really oh. think you were. And now you're my first in person. I love so, it. so many firsts. And it's I mean, we're literally sitting at this table just staring at each other. <laughs> it feels like it feels like an intimate date. It, it does. does. But honestly, this is something I miss so much and something I I've know. really been struggling with as a podcast host. I know. Is like I'll finish the episode and in my mind I'm like, that could have been so much better on my yeah. end, never yeah. on the guest end. I always think like that could have gone deeper, that could have been more personable, but it's really fucking hard virtually. It is hard. It like, is hard. Like it's so hard. Do you feel that way as a fitness instructor now that um, so much is virtual? I think for me when I'm teaching, I really have to visualize my clients and members and community yeah. there with me so that I'm bringing the same type of energy that right. I would t teach in, in real life. So I think it's just more of a energetically, it's a, just a harder job when you're doing it live on the app versus in a classroom where, where everyone's there and giving you the energy. Mm -hmm. Also, like when you're, well, I think it's twofold because when you're in person as a fitness instructor, I imagine, I feel this way when I speak virtually, this is the only thing I can compare it to. But when I speak with sororities virtually over COVID, it's been so incredible, the experience to be mm. able to do that. So it's awesome that you're able to virtually yes. teach. But when they all have their cameras on, which is what I would imagine is like you for a live class kind of, I'm seeing them and I'm seeing their responses and like I'm seeing what works. But then some sororities are like, okay, camera's off. And then I'm just talking to my, I like know. a blank screen. And I'm like, well, well, imagine camera off for right. me. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, what hits? What's a miss? Like, who's laughing? Who's I not know. laughing? <laughs> well, and that's when I think for me personally, the experience of teaching for 10 years, right. teaching fitness for that long, knowing knowing the beats in the class that maybe that there's a lull or people are checking out or maybe for me, just when I'm physically or mentally checking out of a workout to say that like little piece of motivation. Right. I think that's where I'm so grateful for all of that hard work teaching in real life for so many years because I think it is such a different skill when it's you don't so know. It's so different. I mean, it's also when you are like consuming content from an Instagram influencer or whatever, mm -hmm. they can be a very different person on mm -hmm. the camera <laughs> than in mm -hmm. person. Totally. <laughs> so I, I totally, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to show up in so many different formats yeah. and maintain 
that authenticity, but also energy. Yeah. I think you do an incredible job because, you know, you. I am a big Sculpt Society oh, workout so. person. I don't know what to call myself. <laughs> you need a word for like... Some people say rupee. Like, okay, I'm, I'm a rupee. rupee. <laughs> I am. But especially, and this is something I really want to talk about, motherhood, obviously, but yeah. especially for the postpartum period right yeah. now. Like, I had done your workouts before mm-hmm. I was pregnant, but especially after giving birth when I started to slowly reintroduce. I mean, I was personally grateful that we were pregnant at the I same know. kind of time because I then benefited from <laughs> you like doing all the prenatal and postnatal stuff. Um, but the reality is like, I don't have time to yeah. be going to a studio and doing no. a 50 minute workout. No, like the, the commute there. Oh my God. The class, the commute back, the, the shower. Thing. Yeah. I don't, who, who has the time? Right. And then you add the layer of motherhood on top of it. The exhaustion. I've never been such a fan of quickies in my entire life. I know you are I'm too. a huge <laughs> fan of the quickies on the app. Like give me a 10 minute arm workout or 10 minute leg, whatever, you know, yeah. it, that to me, those small little bites are so powerful physically, but really for me mentally, right? To start yeah. your day off in a positive grounded way where you're not having to spend two hours commuting back and forth and you're getting something at home and you can get it in while they're napping. Right. Because, on, sorry, if you hear the ambulance in the background, I don't know if the mics will pick it up, but it's not you. It's New York City. I've had people say, <laughs> like, I thought there was an ambulance behind me. Um, but for me... Exercise has been a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of my mental health and mm-hmm. like my ability to be myself. Yeah. And that was something I really struggled with when I was cleared to exercise because I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I can't, I'm sorry, like I'm not the same person I was before yeah. I gave birth. I don't have time to commute to a rumble class, shower, yeah. come home. Like I miss a whole wake but, window. But also side, side note, like you go at your six week checkup and they're like, you're good to oh. go. Like what? And I'm like, excuse me? I I was shocked. And I, I knew that it was going to be fast. And I, I knew sort of what to expect. But experiencing it and f- the physical experience of what act, how I actually felt. And then to have a doctor tell me, go back to your normal activity. I was so angry for all of the women out Same. there who didn't actually know that going back to your normal activity, you shouldn't be going back to a hit class or a boot. Like you need to slowly integrate yeah movement in you need to be doing specific pelvic floor work yes core work you can't go back into regular core work at six weeks postpartum mm-hmm. so I I you feel that I'm getting angry now no I get heated about this so too heated because um there's just such a lack of information out there for women and unless you you know about it or you're, you're educated in it like if I didn't know about pelvic floor work, I wouldn't have known to do that postpartum. Right. And like, I I got a lot of messages when I shared that I was going to pelvic floor PT before delivery. The only reason I knew about that is because my sisters, non-pregnancy related, struggled with back issues at some point in their life and they had gone to pelvic floor PT. And I remember just thinking like, I had diastasis recti, which almost every pregnant woman woman has. Yeah, at some degree, Um, for sure. And just when I was cleared for normal activity, I remember coming home thinking, okay, well, normal activity, A, like what is normal? B, I don't have time to do what I used <laughs> yeah. to do. C, I shouldn't be. Right. And then you add in also like the normal activity aside from just exercising. It's like, okay, you're cleared for sex. What? I know. Like, I was like, like six weeks out? I'm no. terrified of that. Yeah, Are no you kidding? Going, no one's going near that area. Like, do you know what just happened down I there? Know. So I'm curious, backtracking before even we get into motherhood, like what was your pregnancy like, your labor yeah. delivery? Like how was that physically for you and emotionally? Physically, it was knock on wood, 
I would say, quote unquote, an easy pregnancy. Yes. Physical ailments, I, I felt physically fine. I think by the end of the third trimester, third trimester in general, I was just uncomfortable, right? Of your, course. your stomach is so tight and you're just uncomfortable. Um, for me, f- pregnancy mentally was um, a marathon. Yeah. I think I wasn't prepared for how I was going to feel. I was really expecting pregnancy to be this like, beautiful experience that everyone tells you about that you're gonna have the same pregnancy glow and I was like this is bullshit I feel like I feel awful I'm nauseous the first trimester um and and it was hard it was hard for me not hard but as my body grew I I was getting uncomfortable feelings that I had it was almost like I was flashing back to like my early 20s of not feeling at home in my body and that Mm -hmm. was frustrating because I've done a lot of work and I'm in a really happy positive place with my body um, and my relationship with food so to sort of have days where I sort of felt like I was back in that time of my early 20s and not feeling great about my body was just really frustrating. And it's 10 months long. You know, it's not like it's, <laughs> yep. it's pregnancy is, is, not, is a long time. And then to go through, not only is it 10 months long, but then you have this fourth trimester that's mm-hmm. very raw and emotional. And again, really not feeling at home in my body. Um, you know, and and trying to get to back to a place where I'm grateful, of course, and I'm so happy that I was pregnant and all of the things that go into it, but just feeling that frustration. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm a big proponent of we can be grateful for the experience and still not enjoy it. Yes. Like, I'm so grateful that I was able to get pregnant. I'm so grateful that I gave birth to Liam. I did not enjoy the experience of being no, pregnant. I didn't either. And <laughs> I think the more women talk about it, yes. the more women feel less alone when they're in that period because I know personally, I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be loving this I or know. I'm supposed to be feeling XYZ and I don't. And Similarly to you, I felt I was in an incredible place with my body and my relationship to food, thankfully, when I got pregnant. But it really is, I think, the ultimate test where you truly realize how deep the claws of diet culture are in your brain. Because there were days where I just had these thoughts that were so similar to thoughts I had had in years Mm -hmm. past that I thought I had really grown from and grown out of. And, you know, I think it's a lifelong thing. And it's, a again, a marathon, really. Um, And I think postpartum is the same way. It's like you're, on one hand, so grateful for all of this. And on the other hand, it's like, wait, what has just happened to me? And which way is up? Yeah. I mean, I'm four months postpartum and I would say I probably only in the last two weeks have started to slowly feel like myself again. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, the more women I talk to, I feel like it's like a full year. I, (laughs) yes. Um, I actually posted a video on TikTok of me, like, I think I had just been crying and I was like, guys, when when does this stop? Like, when do I feel like myself? Yeah. And I think it's different for everyone, but a lot of people were like, I hate to tell you it's a year. But for me, that's almost comforting in the sense because I almost felt, I mean, I've been very open about my postpartum struggles, but... I felt like I was so behind Mm -hmm. because I kept thinking, okay, well, it's been four Mm -hmm. months. How do I still feel like this? Mm -hmm. I think I'm two weeks ahead of you. Yeah. Right. Um, And for me, I almost compare the first month. I'm curious if you feel the same way 
to a funeral where you're like the immediate family and you're just focused on the catering, putting on a dress, showing up to the funeral and getting through it. And that's what I feel the first month was. It was like, you get dressed if you can. You eat, you feed the baby, you sleep, you do it all over again. And it's survival mode. Totally. But then when the world starts to open up to other aspects of your life and like you're expected to still be this version of yourself before you gave birth, that's where I think I've been really struggling because it's a lot to balance and yeah. like we change and it's hard to figure out who you are. Yeah. And I know I, I love listening to you on Instagram. You talked a lot about like the new role as a mom and what that looks like. And you know, what about the old, the old quote unquote right. old you and like, how does that fit in with the new you? And it's, yeah, I think that's a part of this whole journey that not a lot of people, and I think we're, we're starting to hear more conversations about it, which I, yes. thank God, but I guess I wasn't prepared for, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't prepared for, um, that that feeling of just like you said you know as work starts to pick up again how are you supposed to juggle everything that's going into motherhood mm-hmm. and work and your relationship with your husband and so I for sure I'm struggling with that on a daily basis yeah and my therapist asked me have you adjusted your expectations mm. about the other aspects of your life I have not have you oh no I'm so bad at that by the way <laughs> Like I'm a recovering pre- perfectionist, same. I'm a full-on workaholic. Like I've got issues, Cameron. Oh, same. I mean, <laughs> same. They run deep. How much time do you have? <laughs> but it's true. When I really think about it, I'm like, well, no. I yeah. somehow expect myself to still have a social life yeah. and have the same amount of friends and do the same amount yeah. of things. Still have the same relationship with my husband still do the same amount of work, produce the same amount of content, and then also be a mom. And that's just not a reality, and that's what I'm trying to come to terms with. And yeah. you know, figuring out what buckets have to maybe have water taken from them to yeah. put in other ones, because yeah. at the end of the day, he is the most important one. But it's just figuring out what that looks like, because it's really hard when you've been so tied to other aspects of your life, and now it just feels like the net has been taken out from underneath you, or at least for me, it does. Yeah. No, I love that. Adjust your expectations. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to take that home with me. I I mean, I'm still working on it. I think it's going to be a continuous process. How have you been dealing as your own boss and a parent and working with your husband? Well, here's the thing. And the moms out there do not do this. I didn't give myself a maternity <laughs> I leave. remember we talked about this and I was like, Megan. You know, I thought I, I was doing it all before, you right. know, and I was juggling it all. And I, I was like, I can do this. Well, I can tell you, like, you as a mom need time to recover. Yeah. You need time to adjust. And so... I think I'm only now just catching a breath because there it was so much all at once and I wasn't I didn't give myself the space that I needed and deserved yeah. um to catch up. So um I think what was the question? Am I doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I should have started with that. How are you? No, but how are you doing as your own boss? It's I, it's getting better. It's getting better. I I need to do a better job at time blocking, you know, really making my work hours X to X. Um, because right now as my own boss, things kind of ebb and flow and then it's 10 PM and I'm still answering emails and that's not okay. So I, I think my husband does a better job at that and sets a better example for me. So I think he's, he wants to build out the team, get more people, get more help. And I, I've been resistant to that, but I'm realizing that 
in order for me to have more structure and more balance, quote unquote balance, not that there ever is, um, that I need more help within mm-hmm. my team. I think I have a few things that I want to comment on with that response because one, you sound a lot like me and my therapist <laughs> always corrects me, so I'm going to do okay. this. Okay, good. You, the way you said, I need to be better at, mm, like mm, I do that too. Mm. And she's like, why do you always think you have to be better at something? You yeah. could just say, I want to try time blocking. Yes. I want to try time blocking. Because I feel the same way. It's yeah. honestly something I've, how many times can I tell myself I want to be better, quote yeah. unquote, at this? I say it all the time. Yeah. I just want to try and test it out. And I also think that I just gave myself grace with this, honestly, the other day, because I was sitting down as I'm about to start returning to work because I've taken this kind of mental health break um, of what I want work to look like. And like, what do I want to change? Because whatever I was doing prior to this break was not working and I need to adjust something. And in my head, I can think conceptually how wonderful it would be if Mondays I did podcast work mm. and Tuesdays I shot content and Wednesdays were X mm. and this hour of these days I did DMs. You know, that sounds wonderful and that structure is what I feel comfortable in because I love structure, but that's not reality when A, you are a new mom yeah. and B, you wear so many hats and Yes, we are our own bosses, but we don't totally control everything. Like things come up. What if you were in the city today and I was like, well, sorry, Tuesdays I don't record podcasts and I wouldn't have recorded a podcast with you. Like that's silly to me. So I think giving myself grace with the rigidity because it's really easy for me to want to dive into structure like that. But I don't think it's always helpful. I think time blocking can be very helpful if you say, okay, I have to do this task. Yes. Block off this time. Yes. But I'm really trying not to lean into rigidity to help my anxiety because that's where I go. Yeah. I go to like, like let control me control of it. all. Yes. Yeah. If I'm anxious, this is so messed up and I realize this, but if I'm really anxious, there is nothing that makes me feel calmer than sitting down and looking at a calendar and mm. just planning things. Mm. But I don't know. Like, I mean, it's yeah. control. Yeah. So I'm trying to find other tools that <laughs> yeah. are not con- trying to control yeah. my life. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. And are you okay? <laughs> I am okay. I know people are listening to you. Okay, no, no I really I am. am. I am in. Me. I am in such a happier place. I think early days, early months of postpartum, we you know talked offline about this. You know, my breastfeeding journey was really emotional for me. I was exclusively pumping. I hated every second of pumping, and so that felt like a little prison almost. Um, mm-hmm. So when I got to three months and and decided to sort of hang my pump parts up yeah, throw them in the trash <laughs> yeah, burn them um that that allowed has allowed me to not only be happier I feel more present with Harlow you know because I am more present with Harlow she's happy you know it all right. sort of feeds into each other and um yeah I, I do feel I feel I feel really good I mean I'm so happy to hear that and I think the feeding journey is something I'd love to talk about yeah. because there's so much emotion and opinions and guilt and lack of information and honestly confusion. Yeah. And I remember thinking when we left the hospital like why didn't they tell me how much am I supposed I, to feed him? How no. often am I supposed to feed him? How do I know when he like how was there no real I know. discussion of that. They yeah. just let us walk out of the hospital with a baby. I don't understand. And fortunately I had been connected with someone before, just by chance, um, who founded a program, like a feeding schedule. And yeah. so I just kind of like leaned into that and followed yeah. it. But 
it's a lot. And we struggled a lot in the beginning, Liam and I, getting a latch. I have inverted nipples, if you don't know what that is. Like, I always say text your friends because I feel like one of your friends has them. Or, like, Google. I don't know how else to tell you. I'm not sending nudes. <laughs> but, like, he just could not latch. Mm-hmm. And he had a tongue tie. So it was a recipe for disaster. And I had our doula come over and it would take like 30 minutes to try and get him to latch to feed for like five minutes. Yeah. And so... And while like those 30 minutes, he's probably screaming oh, at the top of his screaming. lungs. Screaming. So it's not... You're like sweating. It's you're the crying. worst thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, just come on, please. Like, like please. oh, what position can I get I in? Know. Like, And you just feel so much pressure. Yeah. Honestly, like the second he would latch, Joe was like massaging my boobs to try and get milk out. Like, oh my God, then I had mastitis. No, I remember your mastitis story no, is the most hilarious thing. Joe milked me like a fucking cow. <laughs> I was on all fours over Liam like a cow and Joe was milking me. But, and it still didn't fix it. I had to oh, go yeah, I love how real it is though. It's so, it's so needed though. It, yes, we need it to is. About it. But, I mean, there's just a lot wrapped up in feeding. and Yeah, I mean, my journey was similar. Like, I, I, I couldn't get Harler to latch. Um, in the hospital, they gave me a nipple shield. I was like, what the F yeah, is this eventually silicone I thing? Used this. She latched with a nipple shield, but then she lost weight because right. she wasn't getting enough milk from the nipple shield. We saw two lactation consultants. I mean, at one point, the lactation consultant had me using pumped milk into a plastic syringe. I had my index finger at the top of Harlow's mouth and we're like squirting my pumped milk into her. Oh my it was goodness. so traumatic. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Gosh. Um, <laughs> I think you're also, this is, you know, week two. So, I think our hormones in those first weeks are just skyrocketing. So I felt frustrated. I felt lonely. I felt shameful. Um, You know, we get home from the doctor and that she's lost weight and they're like, listen, we need to either, you need to exclusively pump so we know we can measure out what she's Mm -hmm. getting. I then, then am not producing enough milk. So I have to then incorporate formula, which by the way, fed is best, totally fine. But right. at the moment in that moment of time, I can look back now and be like, Megan, of course, like we need to feed Harlow. It's going to be fine. But in that moment, I just felt like such a failure that I couldn't provide for Harlow. And I think that's very common, unfortunately, <sighs> yeah. even yeah. though we shouldn't feel that way. And even though, you know, you shouldn't, it doesn't I, exactly. change that you feel that way. I know. And it was just frustrating. Yeah. I felt like, I just felt frustrated in that moment. I felt so emotional. I felt so alone. Um, even though I knew all of, the, we had great formula. Yeah. Harlow is great. You know what I mean? Like all of these things now were in that moment, you just are so lost. But it seems so clear. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. But in the moment, not only are you hormonally a wreck, but you are so sleep deprived. I know. And you also were like, what the hell just happened? What happened? Yeah. And your body is in shambles, I know. physically in shambles. I know. You can barely walk no, or let alone sit on a toilet and oh, go to the bathroom. Lord. So it's it's just so much. And then there's this responsibility that you feel is yours. And even like I said, Joe is there, but like the female in that moment is taking on that yeah. emotional weight. Absolutely. Because no matter how involved a partner is, male or female, their body is not the one that is expected to do this task or responsible for doing this task. Whether you choose to pump or choose to breastfeed or honestly, a lot of women now are just like, I'm not even, I'm not even going near it. And that's 
good for you. Honestly, I have so much respect. Yeah. And the ability to know yourself. And I said this to you, like I'm starting to really acknowledge that maybe the breastfeeding is playing into my postpartum depression because it's a time lock. Like it's a full-time job. It's full-time job. Full-time job. I have a, I really want to add up all the hours at the end. And I'm going to. No, I think I've seen a meme. I'm sure you have too. It's literally a full-time job. Yeah. It's the same amount. Um, and also the hormonal aspect of it and your body isn't yours and you're the only one that can do it. If you're the one breastfeeding, you're the one that's feeding. I know. But again, there's so much just wrapped up into this one like small thing. It's not small, but the feeding in general, there's just a lot of emotion yeah. and shame and guilt and opinions. Yeah. Everyone has their opinion. Oh, very. It's a heated, heated, heated topic. Heated topic. I will say for anyone who is a mom, just remembering that fed is best, no yes. matter what that looks like for you. Absolutely. And then as someone who is potentially an observer or not a mom, if you're talking to a new mom, this is something I learned recently, instead of asking how's breastfeeding going, mm, like how is feeding? Yeah, absolutely. Or like how is he or she eating? Yes. You know, it just not always assuming. insinuating and assuming. Yeah. Because Cause I assumed right. that breastfeeding would be really easy. Same. I assumed that if I decided I wanted to breastfeed, that Harla would breastfeed. Right. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> Didn't happen. Isn't it funny now when you think about what you thought before Ugh. motherhood of what you assumed? I, was, I don't know about you, but I was so focused on the delivery. Yeah. I, I, I had mentally checked out. I, I wanted the delivery to be pain, painless. You know, ha, right. ha, ha. but um, <laughs> I was so focused on that that I I think postpartum hit me so hard because I I just wasn't prepared. I hadn't yeah. thought about that postpartum recovery room, and if any, you know, I just thought I would have Harlow and then I would be okay. Yes, and I think I was always I was honestly always aware of like postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression because I've struggled with anxiety and depression. But then when it didn't hit me in the first month, I was like. Oh, we're good. Okay, got we're it. in the clear yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I didn't really start struggling postpartum mm. wise until month three and four. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, my my husband always jokes the first two weeks I was high as a kite on oh, no drugs, <laughs> by the way, just high on life. Like I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, like we had things like um. I, like we had a stop order on this construction part of our home and Morgan was like freaking out. And I'm like, babe, it's totally fine. It's all like, I was fully high. Right. Who cares? Harlow is here. Harlow is here. Life is good. And then, and then like reality set in and the hormones sort of leveled out. And, and then I was, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> what have you found to be the most enjoyable experience of motherhood? Oh, gosh. Um, to be honest, I was really nervous about being a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, why I, is that? I don't think I was ever, I'm not the type of person who has dreamt about, I always knew I wanted children, mm-hmm. but because I was, I've been so work focused and it's just been a grind. I've just never, I knew it would eventually happen. I just never envisioned what that looked like. So I was really nervous when I got pregnant, even though it was planned and not enjoying pregnancy that I would yeah. bring those emotions into motherhood. And so for me, almost the relief of just the absolute full love and joy that she brings into my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, yeah, like I just wasn't, I, it's all the cheesy things and the cliche things and cliche (laughs) things that people say, but I was so nervous that that wasn't going to happen for me and that I wasn't going to enjoy motherhood. And I can say with such relief that 
it's been just so joyful. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think I've, you know, you always hear of stories and it's a reality for many that it's hard to connect in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's always something I've been fearful of. And Mm -hmm. I had the similar, not similar, but I always was so excited to be a mom, but I was also so excited to be pregnant in a Mm -hmm. weird way. And so when I ended up hating pregnancy, I kind of had this like, well, shit, have I jinxed myself on everything? Am I not going to enjoy motherhood now? Because I thought this was going to be this wonderful experience and it's not. So, you know, what's going to happen when the baby comes out? And then what do you think has been the hardest thing? And I know that changes depending on the week, but right now. I I think um, just feeling, I have so much on my plate as a small business owner and I think wanting my business to be successful and thriving and, and the love and the energy that that needs but also the love and the energy that Harlow needs and deserves. So just trying to figure out that balance of work life and knowing that I know it's not going to be a balance, but just figuring out that, that day to day and how to make that feel better for me. Mm -hmm. Have you found things that have worked recently or is this an ongoing support and help? Yeah. You know, I think that's so important for moms to hear. I don't know why it's such a cliche thing to talk about, but a babysitter or someone looking after your child, if you are working full time, people are asking me, all the time on social, like, how are you doing this? And I'm, I'm, I, I'm doing it because I have help. And right. I think that's okay. And that's also okay to be a full-time mom, what, regardless of what your situation looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having a support system, friends, family, babysitter, whatever that looks like for you, a hodgepodge of all of it, um, you know, has been vital. I mean, it takes a village and I know that that's like a saying, but it it really Well, now we like understand why, right? Right. And like, that's why other cultures actually, like there really is a village. Um, Unfortunately, our country has just kind of been like, oh, okay, here you go. Do it on your own. And then also like climb, climb the corporate ladder and like figure it out. Work 70 hours a week (laughs) and also be a full-time mom and, and and don't have help. Right. Because God forbid someone helps you. And that was something that I sometimes still have a hard time accepting. And I've learned honestly only in motherhood to just accept offers. So, you know, my friends would always be like, can I do X, Y, Z? I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I got it. And I finally got into a place where I'm like, yes, I'm just, I'm I'm becoming a yes person, not to doing things, but to accepting things. Good. And it, it really is so imperative to have a village, whether it's, people assisting you physically, but also emotionally. Like I rely so heavily on my network of mom friends who I have, and I'm grateful to have. And if, if you don't have any, there are plenty of platforms online where you can try and find some because it's really hard to understand and be there for someone unless you've experienced yeah. Or also period. Uh, maybe for you too, but like I think there's different stages of motherhood. I know like for yes. my for instance, my sisters both have older kids. And I think they almost I don't know if they blacked it out or they forget, but like you have to black it out, I think, to have other kids. I completely agree. (laughs) But it's important, I think, to have um, whether it's a mom group or your Facebook group, having moms who are maybe going through similar weeks or months of, of kids because it's just it's as you know, it changes week to week. Yeah. And it's fresh and you know I even think back, my sister is, as we're recording this, in the hospital, um, in labor, mm-hmm. and I even think back to our first week, like, I know she's going to be experiencing that, and I feel so distant from that yeah. time that I don't even know, Totally, I don't remember how I felt, and it was I only know. four months ago, I so know. I agree, finding people that are in similar phases yeah. is very, very helpful. Yeah. 
what I do want to touch on the Sculpt Society and everything about it. <laughs> Can you give people the rundown of the workout who may yeah. not be familiar with it? So the Sculpt Society is a blend of follow-along dance cardio. I make it really easy, simple, fun to follow. It's really for non-dancers. And then the bigger aspect of the Sculpt Society is really our sculpt classes, low impact sculpt classes using your own body weight. If you want to turn things up a notch, we use ankle weights, light hand weights. Um, it's an at-home fitness app. So we've got it's everything <laughs> from quickies. So if you have 10-minute abs, arms, booty, um, to 45-minute full-length classes, we have programs. Um, I filmed while I was pregnant an entire prenatal series. Um, it's very robust. And then for my postnatal program, I have in my postnatal journey was filming that as well. So lots of content there. And then we have an entire pelvic floor and core recovery program for those early days and weeks postpartum to really reconnect, lengthen and strengthen your pelvic floor, which is such an important aspect of the so recovery. Important. So important. And I mean, I honestly wish I had started doing my recovery aspect a little earlier because a lot of people don't know. That's another thing. People don't even know that just they can. Exactly. Like you don't have to be cleared to do a. No. Right? So the pelvic floor and and, and yeah. core recovery program is not a fitness program. It's it's literally your most of the time it's just connecting to your breath, your mm -hmm. pelvic floor, and your transverse abdominals through your diaphragm, and going through pregnancy and postpartum, your pelvic floor goes through so much. So much. So it's so important in that recovery time, which is really those first six to eight weeks that we are slowly reconnecting and rebuilding strength there so that when we are cleared to work out, right. that's gone through its recovery so that we can ease back into a postpartum program. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was doing like a little bit of breathwork stuff, but I waited for a while and I was like, Kim, you could have started this earlier. So for anyone who's pregnant, yes, that postpartum period, I really, really recommend focusing on the breath work and the yeah. pelvic floor therapy. Yeah. And I even have, um, in, within my prenatal program, I have, pel I'm pregnant in the videos, pre uh, right. pelvic floor and 360 breathing. So if you are pregnant as well and listening, a great time to yes. start incorporating that because the weight of your bump on your pe pelvic floor, it, it's a lot for it to, to support. So it's important to be able to connect to that area in pregnancy as well. It's so why, I mean, I'm fast. Well, I want to say one other thing is that I love that your app is so affordable or the yeah, subscription, yeah. like the whole thing. I, I mean, I'm a big fan. Um, but I don't know if you're as fascinated by this as I am, but the body's ability to do all of this. Oh, wild. Like wild, you just grow this thing inside of you, I know, and your body adapts to somehow like create life, then it releases it into this world, and then it kind of it, I hate the goes back because it doesn't. I, my body will never be no, like same. it was pre delivery, and that's fine or pre pregnancy. But it is crazy that somehow, look, I just remember sitting in front of the mirror at nine months pregnant being like, Joe, where is the skin gonna go? I know. Like how- There's no more room. Like how does this work? And I know you've struggled with body stuff in the past and we talked yeah. about this in the beginning, but do you feel new, like what's your relationship with your body like now? Yeah, I'm in such a positive um, place again, which I'm, I'm relieved because I wasn't during pregnancy. I think yeah. um, I think 
I, I really had to coach myself in the postpartum period that for the last three months to not rush the process. I yes. wanted to rush the process. Um, but I had, it's like taking, it sounds so dumb, but like I give all this advice out and I'm not taking it myself. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I would get frustrated with myself for wanting to speed it up. But every day just committing to the, a small amount of movement because a, it grounds me mentally doing the work with the pelvic floor. Like it just, I, I had to really slow the process down and by doing that, it really allowed me to appreciate my body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I look at Harlow and I'm just, I'm, I'm still like, I'm like, what? Fascinating. It's wild. It's like alien style shit. I That's really, what I say. Uh, yeah. Like it's wild. I still can't believe it happened. I can't either. And every once in a while, if, when I see someone who's pregnant, I'm like, how did my body do that? How, how did it do that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I found this. I always hear people say like, oh, I have a new appreciation for my body after I gave birth. And I was kind of like, I don't know if I would. Like, (laughs) it is what it is, whatever. I really do. And I feel, I always say that we should work on practicing gratitude towards our body instead of focusing on critiquing it and thanking our body for functioning and allowing us to wake up every morning. If you're listening to this, your body is working in some capacity and you should be grateful. But I honestly feel an entirely new level of gratitude and so much less room or need to criticize. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's very refreshing. And I didn't think that it was going to be this way. Yeah. I will say it's like every day do I wake up and have only positive thoughts about my body? No. Oh, no. No, no. I don't, I don't think we ever will. <laughs> no. But I do think the conversation's different. It changes very quickly of the appreciation, of yes. the gratitude, of what it does for us. And mm-hmm. I think if you're listening and you, you're you like these girls, like what are they crazy? Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, like I do think you need to tune into that conversation and um, really understand what you're saying to yourself and how powerful those words are. And if you can switch that dialogue and those stories that you're telling yourself about your about your body, it will really change your life. Yes. And honestly, for actionable advice, something that helped me is, and I've said this many of times, but the second my voice went to critical, mm-hmm. whether it was in the mirror or a reflection or a mm-hmm. photo, I would then start to actually affirm that part of my body yes. and vocalize it like literally out loud. If I was with a big group, fine, I'd say it in my head, but actually thank that body part for doing whatever its function is. And, you know, mine is my belly, for instance. That was like the area I'd always critique. And I'd say out loud, like, thank you for allowing me to eat all of my food. Thank you for holding all my organs. Thank you for one day holding my child. And the more I did that and made a conscious effort to do that when I would criticize, the more that voice naturally starts to tap in when you critique. So I'm not saying that I never critique myself, but if I do... I view it as like this angel voice appears louder and like her microphone volume continues to grow the more I strengthen her voice. Yes, I love that. For I think another actual item, again, it can sound woohoo, but mantras have been really powerful mm-hmm. for me. So um, the last year, I think I am worthy and I am enough have yes. been really good for me. So if I hear that critique, it's like taking a pause, taking a breath, maybe closing my eyes and really believe like I am enough. My body is enough. I'm worthy. You know, we can all kind of get into this this feeling that we're we, we're not doing all of the things, or or we have imposter syndrome. And when I get into that space, it's just like taking the moment, taking the pause, and truly believing the words. Mm-hmm. I literally wrote those two words out this mm-hmm. morning oh. because oh, wow. I'm having a bit of a hard time with that when it comes to work, mm-hmm. and 
this is a totally different conversation, but I feel this like, I'm actually curious if you feel this way because we relate on a yeah. lot of things. I feel this incessant need to prove myself. Oh, constantly. Are you kidding me? And I don't know who I constantly am trying to prove. I, I don't even know who it is. And I just had this conversation with Joe yesterday. And for me, a lot ties into financials and just my relationship with money and my upbringing and everything now. And I think it's this need to prove that I'm deserving of my success. I don't know. For me, it's the constant need to achieve. Yeah. And, and I think it's tied back into maybe I've, I view if I achieve, I'm loved. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and understanding that maybe a little deeper. Um, but yeah, it's something I've, I really need to work on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Same. therapy session now. I mean, that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think a lot of us in, in, this, in the United States kind of have that mentality, especially in New York City, or, you know, in these oh, bigger yeah. cities, this like hustle culture and needing to achieve or prove yourself or, yeah, all of these things that are wrapped up into why do we feel that way, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, I've recently been struggling a lot of like the boss bitch quote unquote Mm -hmm. mentality and the like more hustle is better because I don't like I used to be so I want to hustle. I want to be going, going, going. I never want to stop. And now I'm like, but I would enjoy an afternoon of just nothing with Liam and hanging out. And yes, I want to work hard and I want to live a life where I'm able to do things that I want to do. But I also, I don't want to fall into the toxic work environment where it's all I'm ever thinking about. Do you follow Gabby Bernstein at all? It's so- <laughs> oh my god! I love I love I have that exact deck of cards. I literally shout out to Gabby. So she talks a lot about um, what slow I just down. pulled out just so everyone uh, yeah. knows. It's the super attractor um, like card deck, and literally I listened to an episode. I read her book just before you go into this because I'm curious what you have to say. But for context, I read her book a while ago, and then during this period I'm in right now, where I'm off work and trying to find myself again. I was listening to an episode of her show and I bought the deck and I've been taking a card each morning and using it as a journal prompt oh, for me. I'll link I the cards that. in the show yeah. notes. But what were you going to say? No, she has this, a, a really powerful saying that says, do, la- do less, attract more. Mm-hmm. And I've heard her talk about this for years and it's really hard for me to again, I'm in, I'm wrapped up in that go go go. She calls me a pusher, like a I'm push. I just push for things to yes, happen, right? Me too. And she's constantly talking about doing less and attracting more. And I think it's so important, as especially as a creative, that we allow ourselves, whether that's scheduling and fun or time off, to just be. Because I know for me, when I do that, I'm better at my job. Totally. <laughs> Like, and, and more things happen. It's it's really wild. And I've talked about this, I think, on here. And I'm really trying to also work on this mentality because for me, when I put a chokehold on my work, I almost envision myself like strangling it like a bottle, mm-hmm. like the top. It's not able to flow. And yeah. things don't happen. And it's not, not only do I not attract things, but I also put not put off but I I give off energy that things even that are coming my way are not happening yeah and 
I agree that the more I try to have fun and find the joy in things and I am my best self, the more happens. But it's A, very hard to do. Yeah. And B, I do think that it also then plays into my mentality of feeling the need to prove where I'm Mm -hmm. like, but that's not proving to Mm -hmm. any. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. And it is a privilege to be able to say, slow down and slow down and things come to you. And that's part of my hold back on some of that. Um, spiritual work because a lot is rooted at times in privilege and I think it's hard for me to accept that this will actually help me because I'm like but I'm so privileged to be able to do this and I shouldn't be in a position to be able to do that and then my whole voice goes on a spiral and that's just unfortunately what I'm working on in therapy but I totally agree that it actually is really imperative for creatives because this is how I felt before this time off social media where I was just responding to everything everything was fight or flight yeah it was like I'd wake up and all of a sudden I check my emails and mm-hmm. I'd be on dms and I do this and I do that and I was never creating mm-hmm. and I realized that my entire day was filled with responding and also to Liam like yeah. you respond to your kid all day it's yeah. like what do they need and recently I've been really focusing on writing and I feel more creative than ever for giving myself the time to do that yeah it's it's that's powerful though. It's an that's interesting exciting. journey. Yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. I'm curious if you are someone I feel like you probably are a bit of a routine person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there any routines? <laughs> this that- former fifteen year <laughs> in fifteen years in New York. Do I have a schedule for Are something? there routines that you have found help you through the emotional struggles that we've discussed in this episode? You know, I think always for me, it comes back to movement. And I know that's not mm-hmm. just to like plug the Sculpt Society. It's, no, but it's at real. the foundation of like who I am. You know, I, I've, I've started out as a dancer and like, I think moving my body is, I not only do I meditate, but movement is a moving meditation for me. And it's really how I stay grounded. It's how I get out of my head and into my body. And I always say that phrase, but it really is how I do that. And, um, it's movement's been my therapy for sure. Yeah. One thing that I'm now telling every new mom about, and so for you and anyone who's listening, one thing I've been doing over the past two weeks when I've been really trying, I mean, really just trying to focus on like being happy again mm-hmm. is putting in my headphones first thing in the morning. I wake up, I meditate, and then as I'm having my coffee, I put in my headphones and I have a playlist called like the morning shakes. Love. And it's just like a list of, all different songs, but like happy, feel good songs. I put in my headphones, I blast it, and I dance like a freaking lunatic around our living room. That's my dance cardio, though. True. That's how I feel. Well, Honestly, I do your dance it's, cardio. It's like yes. that release. You know, it's so funny. I actually meant to text you because some of the moves I find myself doing during my morning shakes are literally like step yeah, no, they're like your step arms. But I also like, like physically, like, yeah, that. Yeah. But I shake. If you can't see us, we're just dancing in the bedroom. <laughs> but I do. I literally shake my arms. Yeah. I shake my body. Yeah. I look like a maniac. Joe sometimes comes in and takes one of the AirPods and like tries to dance with me. I'm like, no, you just got to let go, buddy. He's like trying to do two steps. Um, <laughs> no, I love it, that. But it though. helps so much yeah. and it's a great way to start your day. And I told my therapist and, and she was like, yeah, that's called joy. Like yeah. that's called being happy yeah. and being a kid. And playful. It's, and just it's playful. No judgment. And yeah. Just be, I know. Be free. Sometimes I get so into dance cardio. This is I, and I'll cry. It's such a release for yes. me because I'm I'm so joyful and mm-hmm. I'm just releasing it and I'm having 
yeah, it's like that's that spirit of your childhood. Just oh my god, I cry all the time yeah. when I exercise and when I do my morning shakes. Yeah, like Good. you have yeah. you just it's the emo- you got to let the emotion flow. I'm yeah. a big believer in like letting it go, all of it. Um, Megan, thank you so much. Thank you. I could talk to you forever, but uh, me this too, was but so we have, fun. We unfortunately have <laughs> yeah. to feed our babies. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you for having me. And for anyone who's listening, you have to check out the Sculpt Society. Where is the best place to follow you? You can find me on Instagram at Megan Roop at, at the Sculpt Society. Um, website is thesculptsociety.com. There's a seven-day trial. Everything um, will be in the show notes. Yeah, there's a free, we can... Yeah, we'd love to do a code. (laughs) Yeah, let's do a code. Um, We can do... We'll do a code. Freckled Foodie. Freckled Foodie 25. Yeah. Gets you a seven-day free trial and 25% off your first month. Amazing. See, guys, this is how business is done. (laughs) We're just like, yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Hi, guys. I hope this works. I'm using my new laptop. Um, If you've been following for a while, you know that I... I have like so much hatred towards Apple and I know that's a hot take, but actually I don't think it is a hot take. I think a lot of us feel this way. My hatred is because even though I hate their products and like nothing ever seems to work and I despise the fact that every time a new phone comes out, if you have an old phone, it like doesn't work because they want you to buy the new phone. And then also with every new phone, there's like this new thing and like none of the chargers match up. And I just always have issues. Like I swear to God, my phone cannot FaceTime with anyone. My computer was a shit show for the past four years. Yet still I buy their products. And that's why I hate the company because they literally rule us and they can just do whatever they want and we'll all still buy from them. And it makes me so angry. Yet here I am still purchasing from them. Um, last year, my laptop was just dead. Like it literally just stopped working. And so I spent like $1,400 to get the battery replaced. I don't even know what they did. They were like, oh yeah, we can fix this. We'll just send it off to our place. And like, yeah, I know that was dumb on me to not ask how much this was all going to cost. But then it came back and I was hit with a $1,400 bill. I kind of thought that like somehow this was going to be included in Apple Care. Um, and then here we are. It's still not working, and I just, I've had to say goodbye to the laptop. So I have a new computer, which I'm very freaking, very freaking pumped about. So hopefully this works. Um, On that note, I've been like spending time going to the quote unquote office. So I've been leaving Liam now that I'm done breastfeeding, which we'll obviously talk about. And it's been so glorious for me to just get out of the apartment and leave at like 9.30 and come back at four or whenever I'm like done with the stuff I need to get done. And it just is so freeing and gives me such clarity and this like sense of purpose almost because I'm able to actually get work done. I'm not constantly reacting or being like touched or just caring for others. I'm able to sit down, put in my headphones and just work without freaking out about what time it is. And Honestly, I'm a better mom because of it. I come home and when I get to spend time with Liam, I'm actually like fully there and present and excited and I'm not emotionally and mentally and physically drained and like running on empty. So I'm really proud of myself and happy for myself that this is 
what's happening now. And honestly, it's all because I stopped breastfeeding. Like that was what was keeping me here. Even when we had childcare, I still had to be here every three hours to feed. And it was just exhausting because I couldn't get anything done. And I felt like I was constantly staring at the clock and constantly on a timer and just so overwhelmed by the, all of it. So I'm really happy that I made that decision or that we made that decision. And it didn't come lightly. I've talked about it a ton on my stories and I know I talked about it last week, but like there was a lot that went into the decision. And let me tell you, weaning is not an easy process, evidently. Um, This has also been very hard physically. Mentally, I thought it was gonna be difficult, but I was so fed up with the like physical pain that I'm like, get this over with. It's the thing I can equate it to is like at the end of pregnancy, when you know you should be terrified about the fact that you're about to have a child and like you're about to go through labor and delivery and then you're like responsible for a baby and like your life has changed forever even though you're able to notice that that should scare the shit out of you you're in so much discomfort and pain that you're like I just want this baby out of me I don't care what's on the other side I don't care how hard it's going to be I don't care how difficult or all of those things I just want this baby out And so then you almost, like you're just so focused on that. And that's how I feel about weaning, where I'm just so focused on not being in pain or like discomfort or feeling like my boobs are going to explode that I've forgotten about the emotional aspect of being done with breastfeeding and like that kind of mental change. And it's honestly been a nice thing to put my mind and focus on so that I'm not feeling any type of sadness or guilt over the end of breastfeeding because why the fuck should I feel guilty? I I really shouldn't. And for anyone who's going through the process, you shouldn't either. And I know Megan and I touch on this in the episode, but really like we are all doing our best job and your mental health matters. Um, What else has been going on in my life? Honestly, I don't really know. I'm so excited. We're having a mom's getaway next week with no babies, no partners, no dogs, just me and my two friends. And we're going to my friend's like in-law's house for just two nights. And I cannot fucking wait. It is going to be so glorious. So glorious. I'm going to eat all of the dairy now that I'm not breastfeeding. I had ice cream for the first time, like full dairy ice cream. Amazing. And I'm back on my CBD game. It's just, it's opened a whole new world that I have missed so much because it's been a year, over a year since I've been able to like live without thinking about my body producing something that could harm Liam because like I found out I was pregnant September. So it's been 13 months. Um, Honestly, it's all I have for you guys. I don't really have anything specific to share, nothing else like really going on. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I loved chatting with Megan so much. I was so happy to be in person again. I really want to figure out a way to like do more in-person interviews. There's so much I want to figure out to do with this business, if we're being honest. So stay tuned. I feel like I keep saying this, but I really think exciting things are come. I think we're on the precipice of some large change for Freckled Foodie. And maybe if I keep saying that, it'll just come to fruition with obviously work. But you know what I mean. I love you all and have a great weekend. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.